This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you use bidets the wrong way? Do you throw loud parties in your dorm room? Do you talk to strangers on airplanes? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose-bouche. Cannot wait. So for today's moose-bouche, I want to talk about using a bidet. <laughs> Are you excited? I feel like this has been so long coming. <laughs> so we have gotten a lot of emails and text messages and DMs about bidets. So today is the day. Today is bidet day. <laughs> bidet day. Today is bidet day. So while we frequently talk about the Toto NX1 toilet, which I'm particularly fond of, that's an all-in-one. And so today I want to talk about the freestanding bidet, the type of thing you might see in your Airbnb or hotel room in Italy. That's what I'm thinking of. So Leah, can you picture this? Have you seen this? Yeah, the one that's sort of like attached. Well, it will be next to a toilet, but it will have very toilet-like qualities. It'll be toilet-esque. Oh, okay. Okay, I know what you're saying. Because now there's that kind that you attach. I thought that's what you meant. Yeah, no, no. This is going to be a freestanding, separate porcelain item in a bathroom. Okay. And have you ever used one? No, I have not. Okay, so let's talk about it. So first, a little history. It probably started in the 1600s in France. And the word bidet apparently is this old antiquated word in French for pony. So like French royalty had little horses called bidets and there was a type of horse called a bidet, which is now extinct apparently. Long story about how industrialization actually ended the bidet use in France because they needed to have animals with more specialties and the bidet was more of an all-purpose animal. Fascinating history. We can get into it another day. But not on bidet day. Not on bidet day. Bidet day is about bidets. So that's where this comes from, basically 1600s France. And it started in the bedroom, sort of next to the chamber pot. And then once we got indoor plumbing, then it sort of moved into like a separate room. And so that's sort of very brief version of the history. And so today you will see them throughout Europe. You will definitely see them in Italy because I believe it is actually legally required. Since the 70s, 
if you have a residential project or a hotel in Italy, you have to put a bidet in the bathroom. Really? So that is why there's like 97% of households in Italy have a bidet because it's like actually legally required. Oh, wow. Or so the internet has told me. I've not actually read the Italian legal code on this personally, but I will be happy to look into it in case I'm wrong. But um, this is what I'm told. And so long story short, the bidet is basically just a shower for your downstairs after you use the toilet. That's like basically what it is. And so there is some etiquette involved if you are a guest in someone's home. I mean, if you have a bidet in your own home and you live in Italy, I mean, do whatever you want with it, I guess. But of course, etiquette has to do with other people. And so let's talk about it. And so basically all it is is after you use the toilet, you do everything you would normally do on the toilet. And so we don't do anything differently there. And then we move over to the bidet. And before you use a bidet, it is a good idea. And this is not an etiquette tip. This is just like, oh, this is a good idea. Like look to see how it works. See where the water comes out. You do not want to get like something splashing where you don't need it splashed. So just like learn how it works because they're all a little different. And so you move over to the bidet and you can sit on it. You can squat on it and you can face in either direction. Face the wall, face the room, like you do you, depending on what's happening. And you will just uh, wash yourself, give yourself a little shower. Like that's it. In Italy, you may actually see special soap next to the bidet. And there's like a whole thing in Italy about like different pH levels that they use for like intimate soaps and like it's a whole thing. Um, but you may actually see special soap. Like that's that's what that is in case you're wondering. It's a bidet culture. Right? And so now you have uh, done your mini shower and now it's time to dry off. And this is where the etiquette sort of comes into play. This is where it gets a little tricky. Here's some things to know. So if you are at someone's house, there is probably a towel hanging next to the bidet. That is not for you. Don't use that. That's their bidet towel. Don't touch it. You can either use a separate towel that maybe your host has set out for you. Sometimes you might see that and you'll have to use context clues to look for that. <laughs> or you will use a tissue or toilet paper or air dry. But you do not use someone else's bidet towel. I think if there's only one lesson to take away from this, it's that. If there's a towel hanging near a bidet, it is not yours. So don't use it. Yes. I, I'm sort of, I, I'm unfamiliar. I know what bidets are. I haven't, you know, been rocking with bidets, but the idea that somebody would use my bidet towel is right up there with a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's not done. It's not done. So don't do it. And you can often spot a bidet towel in a guest bathroom because it's near the bidet. So that's like a good clue. But also it's often maybe a different texture or quality of mm. cloth. Like often you'll have just like your terry cloth towels and like those are normal towels. And then often a bidet towel I've seen is almost like a dinner napkin cloth. Like it's a much finer weave and it definitely feels like, oh, this is like a different type of cloth. And so like, that's also a good clue. But if you don't have any guest towels set out for you, then yeah, just use toilet paper or air dry or a tissue. Oh, these are all great things to know up top. And then after you're done, make sure you rinse the bowl of the bidet. If you did any splashing, you know, make sure we clean that up with the tissue and then wash your hands, which you should do anyway. But like, be sure to wash your hands. And then we don't take our bidet napkin down to the table with us. Oh, hey, was this a napkin for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> We don't do that, yeah. And we also don't put toilet paper in a bidet because it's not a toilet. It's more like a sink. Okay. And don't like spit gum Oof. in a bidet. So don't do that. Also, it is considered sort of poor form, although it happens, to wash your feet in a bidet. What? You know, most people don't do that. And also, you don't want to like wash a pet in a bidet. Like usually <laughs> you don't want to do that. What is happening? 
Well, because like you have this sort of low sync thing and that is kind of convenient for all of these other things, but it's typically not done. So if you're a guest in someone's house, like don't wash your feet in their bidet. I guess if it's your house, like do whatever you want. But as a guest, be more mindful of your bidet use. Don't wash your hair. Don't wash your shoes. Oh, hair washing in a bidet. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to start being like, don't wash your dishes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. Let's make a list. This is so helpful. Are you going to add bidet day to your calendar as a recurring calendar reminder? And on that day, I have to go find a bidet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's bidet 101. Bidet day. Bidet day. We're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep and two to four years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about dorm room etiquette. Sharing space with a stranger. So specifically, <laughs> yeah, a dorm room freshman year. This is somebody who's been assigned to you. You don't know them. You're in uh, tight quarters. We have uh, beds, desks, and like, that's it. That's it. Like, that's what I'm picturing. Absolutely. And I think the only other time this happens is if you do like a writing retreat as an adult. Oh, yeah. I've never actually done one. That actually sounds sort of interesting. Doesn't it? Yeah. I like that idea. So, all right. Freshman year. We got that roommate assigned. My first thought when I was thinking about this is that there's this idea that like college or university or wherever we're at prepares you for the real world. Like this is the preparation for the real world. But actually, this is the real world. No, it actually has started. This is a great example of stuff that happens in the real world, which is like, oh, we have to get along with a perfect stranger who we may not actually get along with. And how do we make that work? That is a real world situation that adults have to deal with. It's such a good point. So I think that's what I was thinking of. It's like, oh no, this is the real life now. This is what it begins. In a very intimate space. It's where you sleep. Yeah. And so the first thing on my list was about sleep, which is do not wake someone up unless it is a true emergency. Like don't wake your roommate up under any circumstance unless like, oh, serious bodily harm is about to happen. Yeah. I think if we're like the person who comes in later... I think that this is a great opportunity to talk about communicating, like how important it is. How do you sleep? Yeah. So I sleep, oh, if I'm late, I'll sneak in. You know, I work in the room. Some people like to work in a library. I'm going to study in the room if we could not have music during this period of time. Yeah, definitely making sure you're on the same page and also continuing to have that conversation. Like this isn't just a one conversation at the start of the semester kind of thing. Like this is really actually an ongoing conversation that should be happening. And we shouldn't let things fester. Like if something is going on that's like bothering you, like we should address it in near real time as possible and as, as polite rather than just like, oh, I'm just going to suffer through it and then be resentful. Yeah, because it'll just build up and explode when you're not ready. Because everything gets heightened the smaller the square footage. I yes. Think, right. I think there is an inverse proportional relationship between heightened emotions and square feet. And I think, you know, also remember, like if you're a big perfume person or if you like to bring back food that's like intense, oh. you're also sharing. It's not just ear space and eye space. You're sharing smell space. Yeah, all the senses. Like you do affect other people with all of this. And I guess etiquette at the end of the day is just like, oh, being mindful of how your behavior affects other people. And I think we can, there's like maybe this feeling that we should be best friends with our roommate. We don't have to be best friends, but I think we should maintain a polite relationship. Yes, cordial. That's what's required. So you should say hello when you come home and you should sort of be nice. But yeah, I don't think you have to be best friends. And I actually think a lot of trouble does happen when one person feels like they should be best friends with the other and the other person is like, oh, no, that's not what's happening. And then that actually becomes toxic. 
I think that's a very good point. And I do think even if we're not best friends, we tell people like, oh, hey, I'm going away this weekend. Just so people have expectations of what the shared time is going to be. Like that way they're not looking for you. Like did something bad happen? Let people know where you are. Yeah, that's courteous. And actually related to that, I think assumptions. I think a lot of trouble happens when we assume stuff like, oh, I assume it's fine for me to eat your hummus. Or I assumed it was fine to have all these people over on Friday night. And so it's like, oh, actually, had we just actually communicated all of that and didn't let somebody else assume something, like that would be much better. Yeah. And I think if you need something, like say you have a huge test on Tuesday, I think we could say to our roommate, hey, I have this huge test on Tuesday. Monday, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to get up and study. I just wanted to give you a heads up. That way, ideally, they'll respect the space for important events. Yeah. No, that would be nice. And also, I think you probably shouldn't have the expectation that it will always be pin drop quiet in the room at all times. So you might just need to have a routine where you go to the library. Yeah. Maybe the room is just not the place for studying. And that's just the reality. And maybe we get some nice earbuds for when we're sleeping. Yeah, I think earbuds, earphones, earplugs, all of this is like mandatory. And I think really, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more it's just the key is communicating about what you need and what asking what they need and then trying to be respectful of that boundary. Yeah. And as you pointed out, you are sharing the space with two people. It cannot be exactly the way you want it all the time. Yeah, exactly. And also, welcome to the real world. Like, how often do we get everything we want all the time? Uh, never. So, you know, that's just sort of the deal, unfortunately. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, well. Yeah, pick your battles. And there will be times when there is a battle that should be picked. And the question is, should you pick it or do we actually let an RA handle it? And I think there will be times when like, oh, actually, we should just subcontract this issue to an RA or somebody else. And so I think always be comfortable doing that if it feels appropriate. And what else? Well, it's not in your room, but the like my floor had the floor was divided in half and then there was a big restroom on either side and it was a shared bathroom space with that half of the floor of the dorm. Don't be a complete pigsty in there. Yeah, I mean, it is not your bathroom, I guess. And don't leave anything in it. And that's when we get those little shower caddies. Yeah, little shower caddies. That's what the shower caddies invented for, right? And I will say as an adult with uh, my own apartment, not having a shower caddy and having to walk down a hall to go to the bathroom, it's one of the great privileges of being an adult. <laughs> so you will grow out of that. But um, it's a rite of passage for a lot of people. I also, we had some people in our on our floor who like lived in the bathroom. You're just like, okay, there's only so many. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you do with that, but just don't be that person. Don't be that person. Like be very aware that other people need to shower. And if you're like a three hour shower person. Yeah, I mean, maybe do it in the middle of the night or something. I mean, really, was that a thing that was going on? Oh, yeah. We only had, our side only had two showers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't do that. But at the end of the day, it's really just about the bedrock principles of etiquette, which is just like being mindful. Just be mindful. You know, for someone like myself and you want it to always feel like it's going to be smooth sailing, bringing things up where you feel like maybe you guys need to talk will keep it smooth sailing. It's not a bad thing to communicate what you need and ask what they need. Just have an easy conversation about it. Yeah. And we just hope everybody's going to be reasonable. And I guess that's that's always the trick. And if they're not reasonable, move out in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, ideally, polite yet direct conversations should solve most etiquette problems. And so we wish you luck. But I mean, it's such an exciting time in one's life. And I think most people, they get to their dorm room, they're excited to set it up. 
decoration, extra long twin beds. Me, the, everybody on your floor. It's going to be great. Oh, you actually, what I wish I had in my apartment building was the whiteboard on the outside of my door where like people could leave me notes. Yes. I come home and no one's left me a note on my door. And it's like, oh, that's sad. And I missed that about college. I thought that was actually a fun thing. You come back and be like, oh, Nick, I stopped by. Hi. Like, love a little whiteboard message. I guess we know what's going on in Nick's Christmas list. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got to watch what I say now. I do not need a whiteboard for my apartment hey, building door. Hey, Thank you. <laughs> hey, who knows? <laughs> uh, life is full of regret. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So, Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift, and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right, because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen and it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question... Oh, my personal nightmare. Our first question is, ah, quote, ah. I have a family member who revealed that she thinks that one should be willing to talk with the person they sit next to on an airplane. In her view, the silent person is a stuffy snob. I feel it is my duty to humanity to somehow convincingly tell her that many, if not most people, feel that conversing with strangers on planes is torture. I am fully convinced that I am right. How do I bring this up without hurting her feelings? I mean, you could have Nick call. I will be delighted to call her and speak with her. Absolutely. I am not joking. Give me her phone number. I will dial immediately. I think the trick in this one is how to get into the conversation without being like, I was sitting around thinking. There is no conversation here. You <laughs> cannot get through to this type of person. The type of person that believes this, this is a lost cause. There is nothing that can be done. You don't think that they... If somebody was just like, you know, some people are introverts, uh, some people are working, some people need the time to sleep. You don't think that they- No, those people are stuffy snobs. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. 
right? I mean, what do you do with that? You think our letter writer really shouldn't bring it up? I mean, I want the letter writer to bring it up because we cannot have people in the wild doing this. So we do need to prevent this from continuing to happen. I don't know what you say, though, because somebody who feels like, oh, they're just being a snob by not wanting to engage in conversation with me for 20 hours from London to Singapore. Like, you know, what do we do with that? I mean, how do you teach empathy? Because empathy is about understanding how someone feels. And this person does not understand how the other person might feel having to talk to you. And it's sort of like, how do you teach that? Well, say we could and say, how would we bring it up? Um, I guess you would just try to say that I, uh, I don't know. I mean, actually, I think this is a job for society to teach this person that this person will sit next to enough people on airplanes who are not interested in engaging for very long that maybe it'll click. Maybe they will start to see a, a sample size of a thousand and 99% of those people are like not interested in engaging in much further conversation beyond like, oh, hello, how are you? So uh, maybe we'll just have society teach this lesson. I think what we could do is wait until this person flies again. Okay. Because I think just bringing it up out of nowhere, like we're out grocery shopping and you're like, hey, I've been sure. thinking about how you just can <laughs> This has been bothering me. I also wrote this question into a global podcast about etiquette We've for their take on it. We've discussed it with other people. So I feel like uh-huh. that's maybe not the way to hit it. The way to hit okay. it is when they're flying again. Okay. Hey, Lisa, I hear you're flying to Tampa. How about when Lisa comes back from Tampa? Hey, Lisa, how was your trip from Tampa? And Lisa's like, oh, I sat next to the person on the plane who didn't talk to me the whole time. So rude. Well, most people will be polite. And we'll make small talk and we'll kind of do all the things to sort of like end the conversation be like, I'm going to go back to my book now. Or like, I've got to go to this spreadsheet. Or I have to put in headphones and I'm going to pretend I don't hear you anymore. I mean, people will be polite. So I don't know if Lisa will necessarily get that hint. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I think Lisa will get the hint when they were like, we were talking and then they put their headphones in. So rude. And that's when you jump in and you're like, hey, I really think that it's a lot of people don't like talking and it's actually rude to think that they should have to talk. And just to play devil's advocate. Okay. Am I wrong? Would it be safe to say that I would say the vast majority, nay, everyone, does not want to just have endless small talk with the seatmate on an airplane, right? Like I, I feel comfortable in saying this, right? Well, you know, I've had a few people that I had great talks with and I've become friends with since. Yes. I mean, I, I've definitely had some lovely conversations on airplanes. Um, I sat next to Nora Ephron once and like, that was fun. Oh, wow. How fun. So fun. I shouldn't name drop. No, we love a nickname drop. <laughs> and this is one where they're not mad at you. Um, Was she mad at me? No, I helped her with her bag in the overhead bin. See? So I actually think we, we started off on like a real nice, nice way to go. And actually, interestingly, I, I wasn't sure if it was her or not. But then she said something to a flight attendant. I was like, oh, no, that's totally, that's totally who that is. And when the flight attendant asked me if I wanted the chicken or the fish, I said, I'll have what she's having. And then I winked at her. (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. Anyway. I think that even somebody like myself, who if it's people who are happy to chat and I'm happy to chat, even with somebody who's already, as soon as we're stopping chatting, I'm ready to stop chatting. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes people want to talk and I'm like, oh, it's 6 a.m. or oh, I have work to do and we got to shut it down. Yeah. So even somebody like myself who sometimes doesn't mind it doesn't think that one should have to talk. Yes. I feel like the idea that you are obligated, otherwise you are a snob. I'm not interested in that line of reasoning. I'm not either. And I'm a 
I'm sometimes happy to chat the whole way, depending. So I think if I'm not interested in it, Fair. then for sure. There we go. It's 100% correct. Okay. So our next question is, quote, I'm throwing a third birthday party for my son at a local farm. It's one of those places with farm animals, hay rides, pumpkins, corn mazes, the works. In our party package, we've decided not to include pony rides, and the venue asked me to inform my guests of this. I have no idea how to tell the guests, though. Do I put it in the invite? Do I mention it to each family individually? I feel like it's weird to put no pony rides on the invite. I also don't want to get too wordy. Help. I was excited to see what you were going to say for this one. So my first thought is, is this place called Pony Ride Farm? Like, is the expectation that like, oh, of course there would be pony rides at this place? So like, I guess, what is the guest expectation? Because I don't like the idea of telling guests what they can't have at my party, unprompted. Yeah, because then it's like, do you also list, we're also not going to have a cotton candy machine. We also don't have clowns singing Britney Spears songs. Right, yeah. How specific do we get of all the things that are not going to be taking place this afternoon? I feel like the venue brought it up to you to be like, hey, people love pony rides. And since you're not getting that package. Oh, you think it's more of that? I think the venue is just being like, please let all your guests know that you aren't offering pony rides so that your guests know that you don't like them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? I feel like that's the place's tone because otherwise it's like, why can't they just be show up? And if they were like, oh, ponies. Oh, we didn't do pony rides. I mean, you have all these other wonderful things. There's no, you know, and usually I'm such a rule follower. I'll be like, all right, whatever you want. But in this case, I'm like, oh, so are they going to read your invitations? No. I say, unless it's sort of like you're going to Chuck E. Cheese, but not offering pizza. Like unless the pony rides is so inherent to this place that, everybody would assume there's pony rides. If that's not what's happening, then yeah, let's just ignore it on the invitation and not worry about it. And if any of your guests are like, why aren't we having pony rides? That's on them. Like you were offering all this other lovely entertainment. So I I wouldn't worry about it. And I also think that if like a parent calls to ask for like details, like what should I bring? Da, 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 da. Yes. Should I bring my chaps? Yeah. You could be like, and don't worry about like uh, helmets or a crop. We're not going to do the pony rides. I really wanted to focus on playing with the farm animals (laughs) and the corn maze. Uh, Do you use crops for ponies? Is that a thing? I don't know. I was just trying to think of a a good outfit. Oh, that's true. You are sort of ensemble based. And like what accessories would I bring to a pony ride? I thought. I would definitely need a hat of some sort, uh, otherwise known as a helmet. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they always have a, people are always walking around with crops. Sure. Yeah. Just uh, on the street, Hollywood Boulevard. I see it all the time. (laughs) I mean, I actually have seen it on Hollywood Boulevard, but I. That's also true. Yes. (laughs) I think that that could be a point where you would just be like, yeah, I really wanted to like have fun in the mazes. And so we're not doing the pony ride. So don't worry about bringing spurs. Fair enough. So do you have questions for us about ponies or anything else? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the book of the month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. 
I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? Woo! It was a toss-up this week because there was, was both, but I'm going to go with the vent. Oh, all right. What has happened? So I'm out walking with my beau mm. and my dog, and we're in a park. Okay. A lovely place. People doing lovely park things. Uh-huh. My boyfriend is a huge Richard Linklater fan, which is, okay. he's a d- director. He, uh, he's out of Texas, like my boyfriend. He And uh, anyway, he's wearing a Richard Linklater shirt. Okay. And it's uh, dazed and confused, and it has Matthew McConaughey on it. Okay. This man walks up to us in the park, who's also hiking, passing us, Mm -hmm. steps into us and starts cursing out Matthew McConaughey on my boyfriend's shirt. Like cussing, uh, very angry, like elevated as if Matthew McConaughey stole his family. I mean, it was intense. He was doing finger gestures. It was unbelievable. Did this person think that that was actually Matthew McConaughey? No. And not just an image of him on some cloth? It was unbelievable. Like, can you- That sounds- Hey, who's that angry at Matthew McConaughey? Do you know what I mean? I don't know what is going on. He seems very calm in those car commercials. (laughs) Also, I've never, (laughs) I see shirts that I disagree with. You know what I mean? People have ensemble things where I'm like, oh, that's not my favorite quote or whatever. I don't go yell at, the person. How dare you say we drink rosé all day? Yeah, exactly. I'm not like, <laughs> How dare I you? rosé all day. And that, I mean, it was <laughs> unbelievable. And we're in this like tranquil setting with our dog having like a lovely, and this man is cursing. And it doesn't sound like it was a passing sort of like, oh, boo, hate Matthew McConaughey. It was a stop you in the path. Stepped in. And even if it was a passing, we don't need to sure. yell mean things at people that we disagree with. Yeah. And so what did we do? Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was addressed, but it was dr- addressed. In, <laughs> okay. Was know, it addressed in an etiquette approved way? Um, it was addressed in a very funny way. OK, I'll say that. But um, that did not answer my question. I think he would have approved. Oh, that that may be <laughs> that may be. <laughs> Well, I am sorry I this happened. I just started laughing because I don't know if any time, I mean, people are that out of control. A, yeah. you don't want to engage with them. No. Because you don't. You have no idea how unhinged they are. Because also, like, to have something that's already that heightened escalate further, like, I don't know where you, you go You don't want to escalate anything like that. Also, no. something as benign as a Matthew McConaughey Dazed and Confused t-shirt sets this person off. Can you imagine an actual confrontation? Yeah. So we just sort of comedy situationed out of it and kept watching 
walking. But like the rest of the hike, we were like, what is wrong with that person? Why are they mad at Matt? Why are they angry? Who would step into another people, not bothering other people and just start cursing? It was unbelievable. Well, I'm sorry that happened. Woo! And for me, I would also like to vent. And so I was actually just in Philadelphia for the weekend. And to get there from New York, you actually go from Moynihan Station, which is actually this sort of like new thing uh, that's attached to Penn Station, which is much nicer than Penn Station. And so I get to the station and it's actually kind of a nice sort of like atrium vibe. There's a lot of light. And they have removed all the seating except for a ticketed passengers area. And so I go into the ticketed passengers area and I'm looking for a seat. And there are no seats. And it is not that it is full of passengers. It is full of people using all of the seats around them for their luggage. No. Everybody is seated. And then on either seat next to them is their luggage. And so we have reduced the capacity of this seating area by two thirds because we have all this luggage. And it was like all throughout this lounge area, like all throughout this lounge area. And it's not like it's fancy at all. It's just seats. It's just a place to sit. And so I I was like, okay, this is super annoying, but I actually had a relatively free week of etiquette crimes. And so I was like, you know what? This is good. We're going to make lemonade out of this. This will be my vent. And I was like, how wonderful. But no, this is not the vent. And so we are about to board the Acela to Philadelphia and they announce what track it is and it's an escalator down and it's one escalator. And you kind of have to go across the whole sort of terminal and then you make a quick U-turn to get down the escalator. And there's an Amtrak person at the top of the escalator just to making sure everybody's getting on the escalator safely and it's not bunching and people's strollers or special needs like have enough time and all that. And so we are shuffling across, we're shuffling across and I'm like reading the news or I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And I get to the, actually the front of the line right before we're going to make that U-turn. And I wait because people have not gone down yet. And I'm about to make the turn. And the Amtrak person was like, um, there's a line. And I was like, that doesn't apply to me. So I'm going to keep walking. His hand goes in front of my face. <gasps> I was like, sir, there's a line. And I am like, one of those Solari boards in an airport, you know, like those like flip yeah, signs, the signs. Uh, that click, 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 click. And I'm just spinning. I'm like, oh, I don't know what the answer here is. Like, is this applying to me? Like, what are we talking about? Have I not been in line for the last 10 minutes <laughs> shuffling across? Like, did I cut in line? I'm pretty sure that would have been totally impossible. And I look at the Amtrak person with like this weird puzzled look, like, I'm sorry, words came out of your face, but they did not register. And then as I'm giving that expression, the person behind me is like, no, no, he's been in line the whole time. And the Amtrak's like, oh, okay. And then my expression changes. And I don't know if you know this, Leah. I actually have laser beams <laughs> in my head that I can shoot out of my eyes. And what I did, and it was involuntary, but what I did is I looked right into his eyes and I burned holes into the back of his skull. And actually I initialed it. I actually etched my initials in the back of his skull. And, you know, just that nice little squint, like, how dare you? That was the vibe. It was like, how dare you confuse me with somebody who would cut in line? And also, how would I have cut in line? Like, where did this even come from? It was involuntary. I don't know if that look was polite, but it is what has happened. So maybe it's a repent for that. I'm not going to repent for that. But I go on my way and then down the escalator. He did not apologize. He did not apologize. So I feel justified in burning my initials in the back of the skull. But yeah, I was accused of cutting in line. And it's like, that is outrageous. Outrageous. And let me just say, I'm not shocked that you had laser beams. I was thinking <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And I will say, if I shoot laser beams at you, 
it is devastating. <laughs> it is a truly devastating look. It, it is not something you want to experience. No. Very few have. Very few have survived to tell the tale. I'm going to say there's probably very few that have lived through it. It is truly devastating. So I don't know what I could have done differently. That's what's so mad. No, it just seems like, what does this person have a personal vendetta? Hand in the face. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that happened. You of all people. Right? I mean, that's that's really what is most upsetting. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's not going to cut. Right? Ugh. If anybody's not going to cut, it's Leah Bonema, the second person who's not going <laughs> to cut. That's true. <laughs> I will actually let people in front of me that weren't there, but you're right. You're just down fair and even across the board. Fair enough. That is a good point. <laughs> so that's my vent. So Leah... What have we learned? I learned that bidet towels are not table napkins that have been left in the restroom. (laughs) Did you learn that? (laughs) Yes. Was today the day we learned that? Okay. I didn't know anything about bidets. I'm not a bidet user. Fair enough. Today was my bidet day one. (laughs) Okay. You'll never forget where you were. I never forget where I was on bidet day. And I learned that some people have very strong feelings about Matthew McConaughey. Wow. Wow. Who knew? It's really incredible when people have such strong feelings about something that has people walking by in a shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. I'd send you a handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, I want you to introduce us to three friends you know. Just three people. That's it. Three people you think might like us. Because if we can triple the size of our audience, (laughs) we will be that much closer to achieving world peace. There will be less people talking on planes when you don't want to talk. Yeah. I mean, we will be down to 7.75, 2 billion people to go. (laughs) So help us get there. Do your part. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. So uh, last Friday I was in my head about, I had a comedy audition and it was at a place with a lot of trouble parking. And I was like, I need to take that off my plate. I don't want to have to worry about that. So I took a lift. And usually like with a lift, there's always like something I had there and back the nicest lift drivers. Mm. They were so lovely, so fun. Uh, So I want to do a big shout out to Tahir and Shondell who are so lovely, both there and back. I was like, how did I get there and back? The most wonderful people. I felt so grateful. Oh, that's very nice. Five stars. Five more than I wrote full letters. Okay. These people are wonderful. And for me, I want to give a special shout out to this place near my house. I go from time to time for a brunch on weekends. And I was just there and I was chatting with the manager who I often see when I'm there. And we're just like talking about like upcoming travel and like how business is going and stuff like that. And at the end of the meal, the server was like, oh, it's on us today. And I was like, what? That's nice. That is so nice. I was like, oh, this is great. So I am very thankful. I guess I'm a regular. Um, and so I really love that. And of course I tipped. I tipped like the same price I would have paid for the whole meal. But um, I was so excited to sort of like have that unexpected treat. So thank you. I really appreciate it. So sweet. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. 
What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 